Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. Every construction project has multiple stages from beginning to end, but there is also an emotional journey that the clients go through as well as the designers involved. This is something we need to focus on and keep in mind as we make decisions along the way, not only on the project, but in our businesses. Let's take a deeper dive into this important topic. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. As I just mentioned, there is an emotional journey involved on every project. And most people think, sure, that must be for the clients, right? They are the ones living through it. They're paying for it. They are experiencing all the things at each and every stage. But I'm here to tell you that designers, we go through those stages as well, although they are slightly different. And that's what I want to cover today. So in my experience over the last 30 years, I have seen clients go through a very similar emotional pattern throughout the project. And so at this point, I start every project letting the clients know what to expect. And yes, at the end of the conversation, most homeowners chuckle and say, oh, that's good to know, Renee. Yeah, that yeah, that won't apply to me. I've done this before or sure, I've, I've talked and watched a lot of TV shows, et cetera, et cetera. And then at the end, they inevitably say, oh my God, Renee, you are so right. Oh, I'm so glad you forewarned me. I now understand it. And that is the whole point of having us and our expertise on these projects. So what stages do I see clients going through? The first stage is very simple, right? And obvious. It's excitement. Of course it is. Or hell, it better be, right? You're about to take this enormous step, this enormous investment, and this very lengthy journey. Whether it's weeks, months, or years, it's lengthy to a client who's living through it and paying for it, by the way. 
So that one seems obvious, right? The clients have been doing lots of research, maybe have a Pinterest board. They've talked to all their friends. They've been socking away money. It's exciting. And it should be because you need that to be sustained for as long as possible. Because the next stage that comes in every single project is fatigue. And I wish I could tell you when fatigue will hit for each client, but I honestly have never seen a consistent pattern. It really truly depends on the length of the project, the scope of the work, how the team is functioning, you know, all the things that frankly can't be foreseen in the beginning of a project. But fatigue hits every single client at some point. And the third stage that you really need to avoid at all costs, and I really do mean at all costs, is anger. Now, in my experience, anger comes when fatigue lasts too long or the client doesn't realize that they are in a, quote, normal emotional stage of the project, meaning you haven't fully explained to a client that, by the way, fatigue is normal. And more often than not, When someone tells you something is a normal part of the process, it is more acceptable, maybe not enjoyable, maybe doesn't make it go away, but you sort of go, okay, yep, I was told to expect this. Yep, here it is. And then you give them some advice on how to get through the fatigue stage or how to mitigate some of the anxiety and angst that comes with fatigue. Because when it tips into anger, everybody loses. The project loses, you as a designer lose, the team loses, the client loses. No good comes from anger. And frankly, the very few projects I've been a part of where anger really takes a foothold, the project never truly comes back online in a way that you want or intended to in the beginning. So like I just said, it doesn't happen that often because I'm always on the alert to sort of monitor the fatigue stage and make sure that it doesn't tip into anger. That's what I recommend for all of you. And then the final stage is, frankly, relief. Now, I'm sure you might have thought I'd say excitement, thrills, things like that. And yes, those are mixed in. But honestly, it's more relief. Like, oh, thank God, there's not going to be anyone in my house anymore if it's a renovation. Or, oh, thank God, we can finally move in. Or, oh, thank God, the bills are going to stop coming. That's, again, natural. Now, obviously, a successful project, it will be mixed with, oh, my God, I love everything about it. Oh, my God, this far exceeded my expectations. So, just know that it will be mixed with relief. And, and don't be offended by that. I can see where people get their knickers in a twist. Like, well, okay, like, why aren't you more excited? Well, in my experience, the clients are really thrilled, but they're also really thrilled to be relieved that it's over. And that's okay and, and should be a part of it. So why do I tell you what the client's going to go through when in the beginning I told you this was going to be about us and truly this is about interior designers and our emotional journey through the project. So in my experience, our emotional journey tracks very similarly to the client. There is a ton of excitement when you get a new project, as there should be. You have marketed it yourself. You've been proving your value on other projects. Someone is entrusting their probably second largest investment after purchasing a home with you. And that is something to be excited about and celebrated. You're off and running. All the creative juices are flowing. You're already 
planning out certain spaces and what vendors you're going to reach out to. And it's a really heady time and you really should enjoy it and harness it as much as possible because fatigue does come next. And I know some of you are kind of chuckling going, oh yeah, you know the fatigue stage. And again, I can't tell you when that will come in the process. And often it creeps up more than we think until we're right in it. And so I don't see us going through the anger stage, or I hope we don't go through the anger stage because we have the knowledge and the understanding of the process. But what the third stage I see and I find myself in periodically is overwhelm. So overwhelm is something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and it is something we will continue to talk about on this podcast because I see a lot of overwhelm in in all walks of life. But in particular, when you're a solopreneur trying to do all the things on your own. And then the last stage tracks just like the homeowners. It's relief, again, mixed with excitement. It is relief that you made it. It is relief that you no longer have to worry about X, Y, or Z. It is relief that your client is happy. And it is relief that you've built and established another relationship with industry partners from contractors and trades to architects. It is an exciting time, but it is definitely filled with relief. And then just after that, there's panic and there's insecurity. Do you have another job lined up? How can you springboard from this project to another one if you don't already have some in the works? So these, again, I want you to hear me, are completely and utterly normal stages to go through every single project, regardless of whether you're a new designer or a seasoned one like me. I go through these stages as well. Please hear me when I say that. I go through these stages as well. Now, they don't throw me off balance. I tend to see them coming and recognize the signs, and I quickly pivot if I need to and redirect my focus and attention to something that will mitigate and or make that emotion go away. And so today, I want to talk about the overwhelm stage because truly, I have been feeling that lately, and I want to share some of the things I've been doing lately in order to mitigate the overwhelm I'm feeling. So fall is always a crazy time. And I'm sure you're all feeling the same way. It's mid-September and the phones have started ringing again. The easy schedules of summer is long past. For those of you who have school-aged children, you're in the thick of it. I had back to school night last night, didn't get home until a little after nine. I mean, all the things are hitting all at the same time. I am very fortunate. I have ongoing work and I have new work coming in. And that's where I'm being very, very careful when I am fielding phone calls from new clients. Now, if you've been listening for a couple of weeks, you know that I've already turned down several prospective clients because they just weren't a good fit for my business model. Not that they weren't nice people, not that they didn't have beautiful homes. They're just their scope of work and their timing just wasn't fitting into the business model that I have developed for my firm. And then this week, I got another call. But this call was different. This call was from a couple that lived just up the street from my parents. I have known this couple since I was a child. 
I grew up playing with their daughter and still see periodically around town. Now, I hadn't heard from this woman in a very long time, but when she called to tell me that they were downsizing into a cottage in a retirement community and wanted my help, I thought, I better think this through. The reason I thought that is I really want to help this family. I adore this couple. They were always so good to me. I can't tell you how many lunches I've had at their house growing up and swimming in their pool and what have you. But I also know just from what she said in the brief message was that this likely wasn't going to fit my business model. And then the third part, I was quite surprised actually that she called because I know that she has a family member who is an interior designer. We've actually chatted about it before when we've run into each other around town over the years. So I called back, got the details. It was a pretty sizable project. She needed a lot of furnishings, reupholstering, window treatments, floor plans, you name it. And it wasn't that small of a cottage, but it was just decorating and it was going to be on a tight timeline. And frankly, I don't have the room in my schedule to take on anything right now of that size. So I asked, I said, well, is this something that you could use your family member for? And she said, oh, they are already involved. They've been working on moving some walls and redoing the bathroom because they're an interior designer. I'll be honest, I think I paused a little longer than I should have or planned to because I was truly stunned to hear that. While she wasn't intending to be rude and demeaning, that one kind of hit hard. And I thought, well, I guess she just means I'm a decorator. Now, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that I don't typically get caught up in the labels of interior designer and interior decorator, because more often than not, the average consumer doesn't truly understand that there is a difference. Honestly, I feel that any of us who are managing construction projects are interior designers because we go beyond the decorating stages. But the difference was she was drawing a comparison and putting me in one category and her family member in another. And so I quickly pointed out to her that my focus is also in construction. And to be fair, she was quite surprised. I had no idea. Oh, that's wonderful. And you're right. Maybe this isn't a good fit for you. And on and on and on. And it was a very pleasant conversation. I would never try to make anyone, let alone a family friend, feel badly. But I also wanted to take the moment to educate someone who I know is out and about in our local society and wanted to make sure that she understood that she is correct in defining the difference between a designer who prefers to decorate only and a designer who decorates, but also goes beyond and does floor plans, layouts, gutting kitchens, gutting bathrooms, managing construction, like I do, as well as all of you listening. So ultimately, I suggested somewhere she could go because she said that her family member doesn't do decorating. At this stage, they are working in an architecture firm and they are supporting the architects by reworking interiors, which, by the way, I think is amazing. 
And I think it's great that an architecture firm, now this is an out-of-state architecture firm, that they see the need to have an interior designer work solely and specifically on the interior layouts of their buildings. So why am I telling you this story? I am telling you this because it adds to my overwhelm. And I know that it adds to all of your overwhelm. When we are constantly in a position, even after 30 years of doing this, of explaining our value and explaining our services. So I wanted you to know, I get it. And I've heard from a lot of designers lately about how to prove themselves and their value to various industry partners, and in my case, a client, a potential client. And it can get exhausting, and it definitely adds to the overwhelm. And it goes to the crux of why I do this podcast. And it reminded me of that, frankly, and why I wanted to talk about it today. Because I believe 100% in sharing my experience to elevate all interior designers in this specialty niche in our field. Because if you go out and you successfully add value to projects, manage them, and show your value, I am hoping that slowly but surely, word will get out that we are incredibly capable and skilled at this niche in our industry. And that homeowners will have a fuller understanding of the value that we bring to a project. And then secondarily, I turned down this project, which frankly, of course I do decorating work, but it would have added to the overwhelm that has started to creep into my fall because of the work that I see I currently have on my boards and the work that is in the pipeline to start in the near future. And I know for a fact that when I get overwhelmed, my creative juices diminish. It's as simple as that. I'm stressed. I'm not always thinking clearly. And therefore, I am not feeling creative. And I don't want it to get to a point where it will impact the quality of the work that I produce for my clients and their projects. So a million years ago, I've told this story before, when I was in design school and working part-time for a designer in New York, I came home to Delaware for a weekend to just decompress. I don't even think I called any friends. I just simply came to my parents' house to sleep for a weekend. And that Friday night, I don't even know how many hours I slept, but I slept like a rock. And the next day, my father said to me, you know, how can you be creative when you're this worn out? And I looked at him and I said, I don't know. And he goes, well, I do. He goes, I know you can't be as creative when you are this tired. He said, so you're really going to have to focus on managing the amount of work you take on at different stages. And he said, and I mean this long beyond school. Now, at the time, I was probably 24. And I listened and I heard in my head, you're going to have to want, 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 keep an eye on, want, 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 manage time, want, want, want. But let me tell you what, he was spot on. And I am constantly reminding myself of that comment. How can you be creative when you're so stressed out? And the answer for me is I can't. To the designers who've been reaching out to me over the past week and a half, worrying how to manage a contractor who doesn't see their value 
or the architect who won't take their call, or in my case, the homeowner who doesn't understand the value I bring to each project. I get it wholeheartedly and know that there are paths forward by calmly explaining what you have done on previous projects and how you can bring that to their future projects. Whether that is the contractor looking to carve out a smaller role for you on these current projects when you are looking for a larger role or the architect who won't take your call, then you move on to the architect who will take your call and to the homeowners who are calling for one service when your business model is to offer a more comprehensive service. These are things that have to be explained in a calm and professional way so that your overwhelm, your stress, your anxiety over these situations is kept at a minimum so that it doesn't become pervasive in all of your other projects. It doesn't knock you off balance and create a spiral of stress and anxiety that can be hard to stop. So I have always said, I don't sugarcoat things. And and while I would like to sugarcoat this aspect of our work, I know that's a disservice to all of you because you likely are or will be or have experienced this kind of overwhelm and stress. And I want you to understand, just like I explained to all my clients about the emotional journey, that this is a part of the journey. We as an industry are not yet seen as the go-to for construction work. And I cannot believe 30 years into this industry, I'm still saying that. So will it end anytime soon? I just don't know. But what I do know is that each and every one of us listening, each and every member inside my course, the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management, is being taught the tools, the tips, and the strategies of how to share and market your value to construction projects. And so we all play a role in elevating this niche inside of our industry. We all can improve the quality of the work that we're offered by explaining our services and explaining how we can elevate all the projects that we are a part of. And ultimately, we will all win together. So I want to leave you with the thought that it is normal to experience overwhelm, stress, and anxiety when we are being questioned about our value and our services. But I don't want you to shy away from it. I don't want you to blow it off or ignore it. I do want you to stand firm, lean into your strengths, and explain your services, and explain the value, and explain why their project would be better served and elevated to a custom level that they are seeking by having you a part of the project. Now, that doesn't mean that you will get all the projects, but you will have the satisfaction knowing that you have stood firm to the business that you have created and the future that you want to obtain. So as always, if this leaves you with more questions than answers, you can always reach out to me. I am here to help by answering questions and getting you back on track. I thank you for your time today. I wish you a week of less overwhelm, 
and I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't, building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.